This episode of The Naked Truth is brought to you by the Bavarian Open. The Bavarian Open takes place September 12th through the 15th in the beautiful city of Munich, Germany, right next to where Oktoberfest takes place. The event takes place in a beautiful venue that has a beer garden and two restaurants, plus beer on tap all weekend long. The Bavarian Open offers all of the official World Swing Dance Council Jack and Jill divisions, including newcomer, juniors, sophisticated masters, and champions. They also offer classic and showcase routine divisions, a rising star division, and a special Bavarian twist on the All-American contest called the Sepp and Heidi, so be sure to bring your lederhosen and dirndls. With all these competitions, there's lots of opportunities for you to win one of their famous traditional Bavarian gingerbread heart trophies. With four days of nonstop dancing, learning, and fun, there are up to 10 hours of workshops and over 30 hours of social dancing time. They have some of the best professionals on staff, including Sean and Courtney, Simeon and Maria, John and Alyssa, Hugo and Stacy, Ben Morris, Chuck Brown, and PJ Turner. Check out the Blues Intensive with Sean and Courtney and the Judging Intensive with Chuck Brown. And don't miss Red Carpet Night with Champagne and Mimosas. Or Ben Morris getting drunk during the All-Star Division. You have to be there to understand it. Prices start at 100 euro with special discounts for junior students, international travelers, and advanced and higher dancers. But our listeners can get 10% off any ticket by entering code NAKEDTRUTH10 at checkout. Go to BavarianOpen.com to register. And don't forget, get your 10% discount with discount code NAKEDTRUTH10 at checkout. That's NAKEDTRUTH10. Get your pass today. Welcome to The Naked Truth, Real Talk About West Coast Swing. My name is Eric. And I'm Deborah. And today we are sitting down with one of the most influential figures in the history of Southern California's swing dance community. He started dancing hustle, country western, and various swing styles in and around Los Angeles, California around 1980. By 1982, he had won many contests and began teaching West Coast Swing and other dances in and around the San Fernando Valley. He then went on to find the Valley Swing Dance Club and his friend and mentor, the legendary Kenny Wetzel, in February 1985, a club that is still very active today. He is a nationally recognized coach, dance educator, choreographer, adjudicator, and DJ. He has taught at many local and national swing dance events, and he regularly teaches master group classes and private lessons in Southern California. He has competed in many Jack and Jill's, Strictly's and showcase divisions across the country, and he took first place in the U.S. Open Pro Street Swing Division with his then-partner, Deanna Molman. He has worked with many dance teams, including his own team, Swing Shift, which he created in 1987 as a social dance team, but continued on to become one of the best West Coast Swing competitive dance teams in the nation. He has received many awards, including the U.S. Open Teacher Promoter Award, and he has inducted twice into the Swing Dance Hall of Fame, in 1995 and 2006. He he has he was inducted into the World Swing Dance Hall of Fame in 2007. He was also inducted into the All Swing DJ Hall of Fame in 2007 and the US Open Walk of Legends in 2012. He was also instrumental in helping the United States Swing Dance Council pass a bill to make West Coast Swing the official state dance of California. And he has been given the title of Council Historian for the World Swing Dance Council's Dance History Department. Please welcome to the show, my friend, Mr. Sonny Watson. Hey, hey, hey. How you doing, Deborah? Eric, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Um, Boy, this is going to be a loaded show, Sonny Watson. I hope you're ready. Uh, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. So first question. It's the same question we asked most of our guests. How did you get started in West Coast Swing? Um, I w- always wanted to do swing, even as a kid. And I kind of faked what I thought was swing growing up. And uh, I was going to go into the Marine Corps on the buddy system with my best friend. And uh, <clears throat> I ended up not being able to because I had a bad ankle. And um, so my friend went into it and uh, make a long story short, he got a Marine Corps. He learned how to dance hustle. And uh, a girlfriend I had um, took me to a place called the Sugar Shack that did hustle. And um, so when he got out, he was 21. I wasn't quite 21 yet. He kept taking me to country bars and I had a fake ID. So um, I was like, ah. And uh, so one day I'm at this club and he comes running in and uh, he goes, oh, you got to come with me. And I said, OK. And I said, you're not going to take me to a country bar. are you?" And he said, no, no, no. So we get there as we drive in. There's these big old Brahma bull longhorns on a sign. <laughs> and I went, you lied to me, you know, and he goes, no, no, no. This, tonight they do all swing. So I walked in and sure enough, Jerry Lee Lewis, Great Balls of Fire was playing everybody's swing dancing and it was East Coast, you know. And uh, so anyhow, I went in and they had lessons one night a week for swing. And next week I went in and started taking the lessons. And that's how that all started. So. The rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> So you said that was East Coast Swing. When did you learn West Coast Swing? When were you first exposed to that? I learned West Coast Swing probably about uh, 1982 mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> from a couple named Mark and um, uh, Lila. Lila Clement. She was married to Willie Desitoff later. Mm-hmm. And um, anyhow, uh, that was the only place that I could find that had West Coast Swing lessons. And um, eventually, once I got started doing it and stuff, ran into some other people that were aware of it and started pointing me in in directions. Did you like it when you first saw West Coast Swing? Um, well, there was people doing it, but they were mainly like 90 years old. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm like 21, you know. And, uh, yeah. So it's, uh, you know, Route 66 and stuff like that that they were dancing to wasn't my thing. But um, <clears throat> I continued competing in East Coast and some Lindy and stuff and I did extremely well with it. And I went to a place called the um, Golden West Pub in Gardena and um, they had like an eight week prelim thing and winners went to the final type stuff. And so we won our prelim, went to the finals, had to wait like six weeks, I think, something like that. And uh, we got there and I'm sitting there go, looking at my partner. I go, ah, oh, we got this one. You know, it's going to be a piece of cake. Because right. I've competed against all these people and beat them already, you know. Right. And uh, so anyhow, here comes this one couple out on the floor. Never seen them before. They start dancing, and I'm watching. And I look at my partner halfway through, and I said, we just lost. Who was it? Who was the couple? It was Mark and Charlotte, but not Mark the Marine. <sighs> right. It was her boyfriend at the time, another gentleman named Mark. He was very good. And, uh, it was Charlotte bot and, um, I walked up to him and I said, what are you, what are you guys doing? What was that? You know? And he said, Oh, it's West coast swing. And I went, no, that's not West coast swing. <laughs> he said, yeah, it is. Da, da, da. And so, um, I, uh, that really got my interest right there. And that's when I started looking for lessons in West coast. Wow. Well, you've really been influential on a lot of people in SoCal, um, through your teaching over the years. But I'm curious to know who influenced you most as a dancer and as a dance professional. 
as you developed over the years? Um, I'd say the two main ones uh, were Kenny Wetzel uh, was a huge influence um, in so many ways. And uh, Eddie Vega, uh, he yes. wasn't a... He wasn't a swing dancer, but no. he, he moved to California and, uh, well, he'd come out here. Um, and he came out here for star search. And while he was out here, I'd take lessons from him. And, uh, my partner at the time was Tracy. And, um, anyhow, we, we took a lot of privates from him and, um, uh, Lisa Nunziella as well, but mainly mm-hmm. Eddie, mainly Eddie. And then, um, after Eddie died, uh, Lisa stayed out here and we took some lessons, quite a few lessons from her. And, um, Phil Adams, uh, played, played a pretty good role in my very early days of, uh, West Coast Swing. Um, and kind of gave me the, um, I'd say the LA style of right. West Coast at the time. So, right. and that, that was the main ones, um, that really, had my mouth, Kenny and Eddie had my mouth, my jaw down to the floor, you know, it's so many times. That, you know, the, it's funny that you mentioned Eddie Vega because, you know, Eddie Vega was part of my life too, but in a different way because I was on Star Search. Uh-huh. The season that he was on, I was on as a junior. Oh, no kidding. Right. So I know Eddie Vega and Lisa Nunziello very well. I still talk to Lisa Nunziello uh, via Facebook, um, obviously. You mentioned LA style West Coast swing. Uh huh. What, what would you define as LA style West Coast swing? At least back then. Um, it, well, back in the day, there was really no difference between Lindy Hop and West Coast. Right. Except <laughs> West Coast looked a lot cooler. Okay. <laughs> well, wasn't it also because West Coast was kind of more slotted? Uh, no, Lindy no? can be, Lindy can be slotted also, but, I know. um, it, there was so much more to do it. You know, Lindy Hop is, is kind of capped on being dated. You know, it's like if you're in a movie, you don't wear a bee, bee, beehive hairdo and miniskirts and right. s- stuff if it's set in the 30s, you know, or the 40s. And uh, with West Coast Swing, we didn't have that limitation. So uh, with Hustle and everything, we could borrow those dances and adopt those steps um, into this dance. And that's pretty much where it's led. I mean, there was a handful of us that were actually doing that. So but like I said, when we first started, it, it was... You know, if you watch a lot of the old videos and stuff with myself, Lance, Marianne, Martin Parker, you know, Jim Fisk, Charlotte, uh, you know, it, it, it still looked a lot like a, a Lindy style swing. Not mm-hmm. if, if you're thinking of modern swing today. Correct. And, yeah. Um, so, but we, we added so much to the dance, but we overlaid it. You know, we, we didn't have YouTube and, we didn't even have videotape back then, you know, um, but, uh, you know, any place we could find ideas and movement and stuff that we could bring to the competition floor, we tried to do. And we were trying to figure out how to choreograph because nobody really knew how to choreograph swing yet. And um, Robert Cordoba really gave Robert and uh, Keldy um, in their first uh, performance. U.S. Mm-hmm. Open, they uh, they pretty much set the stage on what everybody wanted a routine to flow like, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that pretty much uh, I, I was there, you know, and it was just like after they were done, we all just kind of looked at each other and just went, yep, that's it, <laughs> you know, it's right. like, like we knew. And uh, um, 
so as time went on, you know, we added all these steps and patterns and, you know, uh, wraps and drops and, you know, uh, Lance for California worked with Eddie also. And he was um, uh, a big one with in importing Adagio, not right. your steps, but Adagio right. into exactly. West Coast Swing. Mm -hmm. And um, that there was folks doing that before in Texas. Texas had uh, a little bit different style of swing dancing. And, but they did a lot of lifts and Adagio type movements in that. And it, it, it got adopted very well, you know? So like when the U S open says that lifts and all that stuff is not a part of swing. Well, I agree it's not, but it is, it isn't a borrowed dance family of things that we can do out there, you know? And if they t try to take that away, it's, it's, it's going to handicap West Coast swing tremendously, you know? Hmm. So, um, Right. So, so you say, I mean, it, I, I feel that lifts may not be a part of West Coast swing, but it's part of swing because it's part of Lindy Hop. Air steps are part of Lindy Hop. Which right. Is why, and, right. And there, there is, there is swing lifts and drops, yes. et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Um, but Adagio is a different animal and we, we definitely know it when we see it. It's a lot cleaner. It's a lot more stylized. It's, it's a lot right. more, um, exciting it, visually. Uh, it can take longer than eight beats of music to do stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, just like the snake, the snake is not right a, a part of swing, but it, it is a part of West Coast in the showcase division. Sure. So, so, but it, but it is not swing. Understood. But it's part of the showcase division. It's part of what showcase is. That's what showcase means. It means that we do lifts and adagio stuff, right? Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned earlier, you know, maybe I don't know, two minutes ago, uh, okay. how Kenny Wetzel um, influenced you. Um, you started the Valley Swing Dance Club with Kenny Wetzel back in 1985. How did that come to pass? Um, well, I was working with Kenny, and um, uh, we went out to breakfast after this. We were at the he was at the Line Dior at the time. This was before the press box, right? And um, <clears throat> went out to dinner, and uh, uh, I said, "Well, I want, you know, I'm teaching out in the Valley and all that other stuff, and I'd like to get a dance going. You know, what would it cost me to get you to come out and?" Uh, DJ for me. And, um, again, I was pretty naive on a lot of stuff, but, um, uh, he said, well, we'll just split it. He goes, find a club and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, let me know. And I'll come out there. And, uh, so I found a club and it was called the, El, uh, El Gato Mexican restaurant and Valley club. And it was an illegal place that ended up getting shut down <laughs> a couple of <laughs> years afterwards, but, uh, it was a big place. And, um, so anyhow, Kenny came out and, uh, myself, you know, I, I was teaching West Coast and a lot of my students showed up and a lot of people that were already dancing West Coast, uh, you know, came down because Kenny was there and uh, right. it just, it just exploded. And Kenny was, Kenny and I did a lot of places all over, you know, Yes. and, um, uh, went through a few different clubs, finally ended up at the Crest Lounge and, uh, Kenny was there for about a year and then he was getting. As you remember, he, he was wanting to get out and retire. And yes. His, uh, his sister died, and, you know, mm -hmm. he just kind of faded out of the, the scene pretty much. So that was it. And Kenny was great to work with, you know. He was always on time and, you know. Um, yeah, he was he was uh, serious. Yeah, yeah. He yes. was a pro. He was a pro. Totally. Know? So. Yeah, well, he was a very important figure in our swing dance community. And 
was sort of the face of a lot of events as the MC. I think yep. most people today only know him as the MC through old videos that are going up on YouTube and Facebook. Right. Um, what can you tell us about Kenny that you think our audience should know about him? Um, well, one of the things I hear some people, negative people usually, but it's like, oh, can't the MC shut up? You know, mm. blah blah blah. And what they don't real what they don't realize back then is all this was pretty new to everybody. We were all trying to figure out how to do stuff and put things together, and um, how to get things to work. And mm. California, especially back then was infamous for no audience applause until the end. Oh, and, and, I had not known that. Yeah. And, you know, we go to other states and stuff and compete. Man, the audience, especially Texas, they'd be cheering for you like crazy all the way right. through the, this, the darn thing, you know. But California, it was dead silence. And it was out of respect, you know. But when you were out there trying to put something together to dead silence, it was like, ah. Uh, and that's why that's why <laughs> Kenny was like he was the audience for you. You know, it's gotcha. like you, you did something. He went, ooh, because the audience wasn't going to make a noise, you know, and mm -hmm. come on. Come on, folks are working for you. Oh, yeah. You know, da, 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 da. he's trying to yeah. get them to do something for the dancers. And every dancer that went out there on the floor, I don't care who it was, will tell you pretty much the same thing that, you know, <clears throat> those oohs and ahs from Kenny and his his comments and stuff were extremely important to everybody. And it didn't matter if you were good or bad. Well, you could you could tell after a while who he liked really and who he didn't. But right. um, it, he tried to keep it pretty impartial to everybody. And um, it was good. But, you know, it's on video and, you know, people, I don't know. I think some people just got to have something negative to say. I agree with that. That, that <clears throat> have no idea of the why, when, or how. You know. That's, you know, that's, that's interesting. Like, I'm so glad that you said this, all of this, because... I mean, I competed at the Open when Kenny was, you know, doing the oohs and ahs, and it didn't bother me. I enjoyed it. But I always wondered why the audience was so quiet, and he was always so, you know, attentive and verbal, and they're working for you, and that this makes complete sense. Who knew that California didn't like to clap out of respect? Yeah, well, they waited <laughs> I mean, till the end. Yeah, they, right. They, for some reason, they thought that they'd mess you up if you got too loud or something out here. I don't right. know. Right, so. right. That's interesting. So um, we, I, you have one of the longest um, running dances, which first started out in Reseda at the Crest. For me, that's what I know um, on Wednesday nights. Um, what were those dances like uh, compared to the ones you run now at your new venue? Um, I love the, the Crest, by the way. I'm sorry? I loved the Crest, by the way. Yeah, well, we loved having you there, too. That, that was my favorite place to go to dance. Um. It was pretty much the same. It's just um, people, pe I'd say today, people really don't want to listen to anything you have to say. They don't want to be told that, you know, when you're dancing, you don't want to fall down the floor because that's not correct. You know, they kind of give you this look as, you know, don't tell me what's correct or not, you know. Mm. Um, and... Uh, but, you know, they show up, the beginners, you know, they come, and, mm -hmm. um, they get started and all that stuff. And most of the young ones get picked up by the younger guys. As soon as, at least for me, as soon as I get some young girls in, I got every young guy from every other club showing up. <laughs> Poaching them? Well, yeah, pretty much. And That's then funny. Next thing, next thing you know, I don't see the girls anymore, but I see them with the, those guys mm -hmm. running all over town, which is okay, you know. 
my job, you know, my job isn't to own people. It's to get them started. Of course. Well, and you've always been one of the major people that have gotten people started in West Coast Swing. I mean, for a long time and still do. Yeah, I uh, I mean, that uh, Dance Promoter Award I got from Jack Bridges was a total mm-hmm. surprise. But, uh, yeah, one time I was selling over 150 tickets just to the U.S. Open. That was 15 tables. I know. And um, he, uh, it started getting pretty popular, and he started taking tables away from me <laughs> to give <laughs> to other people. And, uh, right. So, but, yeah, for quite a while I did. And not just for the U.S. Open, for other clubs, too. Phoenix. Fourth uh, yes. of July, I think I had ten tables there at one time. Mm-hmm. Know, all that stuff. So I, I've been trying to, you know, I try to promote, you know, and like I said, I try not to own people. They they come to me to learn, and I'm happy that they get involved, even sure. if they go somewhere else. You know. So. Well, I mean, when one walks out the door, another one comes in, right? I mean, yeah, when, pretty much. You know, when one opportunity shuts down, another opportunity opens up. It, it happens all the time. It's the nature of the beast, wouldn't you say? Yep. Yeah. Well, Southern California has always been known as a hotspot for West Coast Swing, producing some of the best dancers and professionals even today. What do you think makes the SoCal community so successful, and how have you seen that community there change over the years? Well, West Coast Swing was born and bred in the San Fernando Valley, and um, or Southern California, if you want to call it that. <clears throat> Dean Collins and you know all the legends originally lived in the San Fernando Valley, and they had dances at the Ragdoll and the Staircase and, you know, Top of the West and, you know, a lot of different types of places. Jack Carey, he was back then, he was with his wife and, you know, they'd have contests and that's where the Jack and Jill uh, came about originated yep. was mm-hmm. with Jack Carey. And he ran a dance at the Ragdoll in North Hollywood. And um, anyhow, uh, as we know, when, the government, the states, whatever, try to open up a new community. They relax the laws and houses are cheaper when they get built and all that other stuff. Well, a lot of those people were getting ready to purchase houses or retire and they moved to Orange County. And so just about all the San Fernando Valley people ended up in Orange County. So now we have two areas, uh, LA County and right. Orange County that are now have a very strong presence and swing. Um, San Diego and San Francisco also had a very strong presence in swing, but the, the main legends was mainly out here because of Dean Collins, of course. Right. And, um, he, you know, all the, all the, not all, but a lot of the movies in the fifties show West Coast swing as I knew it when I first started doing it. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, it, um, you know, uh, they call it Hollywood style today, but, um, uh, you know, it was, there was just a big thing here. And that's, that's one of the things I'm, I'm going to add this too, if we got the time. Yes, um, you can add whatever you want. Uh, <clears throat> you know, what makes the U.S. Open so unique rather than all the other events is that the U.S. Open has many, 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 many years and generations of audience that are mm-hmm. swing dancers. And um, when they come there and you compete, and you know this very well, Deborah, yep. as well as myself and many other people, when you compete at the Open, you look out at that audience, you're not just looking at people that don't know what the hell they're looking at, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, can I say hell? 
<laughs> yes, they yes. help. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. Um, and, you know, you got originally you had Dean Collins, you had Kenny Wetzel, you had, you know, uh, Jack Carey, um, you know, Lou Southern. You had you had all these legendary dancers in the audience. And if they didn't like it, they didn't applaud. Matter of fact, I'm going to add one more thing before the U.S. Open or right around when it started is uh, they started having a lot of club dances contests and it was usually live music at the time. And uh, if they didn't like you, they stopped the music. <laughs> you were done. It That's didn't it. matter if you danced 20 seconds or you danced the full three minutes. You, you, they didn't mm -hmm. like what you did. You were done. Right. You were off the floor, you know. And a lot of times the audience would actually boo, and then eventually they start telling people not to boo. But mm. um, so when the U.S. Open, like I said, got started and all that other stuff, they just they had a lot of rep sitting in the audience, you know, and um, it made it exciting, you know, because um, if you could impress them, you you did a deed, you know. People down downsize old school a lot, but at old school is is yep. the one that's going to make you a legend or not, you know. All the that's other, right. All the other ones can sit there and go, oh, yeah, look at this video, blah, blah, blah. But if the, if the legendary dancers have no respect for you, you're nothing, you know. Right. Oh, I, I liked how you said that. So, you know, Sonny, you're considered a, you know, an authority on this dance and swing dances in general. Um, it seems the dance community is constantly struggling to define swing dancing. And the recent changes to the U.S. Open judging process exacerbated a debate about how to evaluate swing dancing and competitions. What do you think of the current definition of swing and how it's being applied to adjudicate swing competitions? Well, um, I'm going to start at the beginning with this. Cause if, if, I'll probably forget and leave something else, which will <clears throat> screw the whole thing up. But, no, you won't. Um, anyhow, <laughs> uh, when I first started uh, dancing, there wasn't a lot of teachers, you know, there wasn't a lot of teachers in anything, actually, except for Foxtrot, Waltz, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But uh, as far as swing dancing, there was not a lot. And it was mainly because of the 60s. In the 60s, basically, couples dancing pretty much. Was gone. Took, yeah, it took a nosedive. So right. you, had to, you had to twist in the Watusi and, you know, whatever. And there was some ballroom dancers. So Arthur Murray Studios was still doing their thing, Fred Astaire, mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, wasn't many independent studios back then. And as far as, you know, non-studio teachers, they weren't around, you know. And uh, if they were, if, you know, I tried looking for some in my early days and every one I went to, I could dance circles around them, you know, and they're trying to sell me lessons. And I'm like, I don't <laughs> think so. Right. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, um, so the swing clubs got together and they started holding weekly dances mm -hmm. and LA swing dance club, um, uh, West coast swing dance club, um, rebel swing dance club came a little bit later when Kenny went to the Lion Dior and, uh, Valley swing. Well, Valley swing came quite a bit later. Um, and okay. what I'm, cause I'm talking about like late sixties, gotcha, mid sixties, gotcha. all the way to the late seventies. Mm -hmm. Um, and then hustle came out, et cetera, et cetera. And um, so a lot of the swing dancers like Shirley Feetsome, uh, Tom Boots would get together and enter 
the hustle contest doing West Coast Swing, trying to get people aware of it and stuff. And, she, and Shirley, bless her heart, was a very big, active promoter of West Coast. And uh, so anyhow, make a long story short, we get up into the uh, late 70s and the swing clubs uh, were getting kind of popular with a lot of the old old time swing dancers and newer swing dancers that would come in, but they were all East Coast swing dancers. Mm -hmm. And that's basically why, because a lot of people ask, well, if West Coast swing starts with walk, walk, why do we start in close position doing triple step, triple step? Mm -hmm. Well, it was because of the East Coast swing dancers. Right. So when we start dancing with them, they'd start triple and we'd start double. We had mm -hmm. a problem. So, you know, instead of trying to teach everybody else how to do things, all we did was do an East Coast start. We just reversed Adapt it. Adapt it, yeah. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, now now we're lined up. We can dance with them and, you know, all that other stuff. And then some of the newer school today is trying to eliminate. They're trying to go back to a walk-walk thinking that the rest of the swing dance world starts with walk-walk. You know, right. And, and it doesn't. So, but that's okay. You know, whatever. They're calling it new school. I call it old school because – Originally, when I started doing West Coast, it started with a walk-walk, but it, it had to change once the general public started getting involved with it to triple, starting in close with the triple first. Um, so anyhow, uh, the dancing pretty much just kept progressing, as such as I said earlier, and uh, led into the U.S. Open getting started, and um, U.S. Open actually started in Vegas. Before right. it, it went to the uh, Disneyland Hotel, but um, when it got to the Disneyland Hotel, it just started taking off quite a bit. Did I answer your question? Well, no, sort of. I, I want to know what what you think of you know the current definition of swing dancing and how it's being applied. Oh yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, right. sorry. That's okay. No, keep going. Okay. Um, anyhow, uh, so in the early '80s, uh, a lot of people were teaching different type different stuff there was no set basic of any swing steps or anything mm -hmm. and uh we had different styles of swing such as push and whip and supreme swing and new yorker and east coast swing and blah 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 imperial so like i'm sorry i said an imperial all that stuff yeah yeah right exactly mm -hmm. and uh so anyhow uh robert and connie bryant decided to start a organization called the united states swing dance council and they had two goals, and one of them was to codify a set set of basics that all states that they were aware of that did swing could use and make uh, West Coast Swing the official state dance of California. Well, they mm -hmm. accomplished both, and they were having a hard time getting all the other states to agree on a set number of basic patterns. Mm -hmm. and, and so they brought in uh, Skippy Blair and Annie Hirsch, which a lot of people knew them and respected them quite well. So between those four people, they were able to get everybody on board and figure out what the eight basics were, which basically consists of a starter basic, a throwout, um, underarm pass, underarm pass with a hand change, side pass, sugar push, tuck turn and whip. Mm -hmm. And that was the basics. And I think the last I heard from a new school dancer, there was 37 basics now. <laughs> yeah, well, what? <laughs> I know, well, here's what's funny. Some people have that 37 basic thing. Some say 100 yeah. and one what? basics. And I say, I say push, pass, whip, and everything's a variation of a push, a pass, or a whip. Pretty much, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Throw out and the tuck turn is a side pass. 
Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. So. But those are the official A basics that I said, and I, I do have I do have those in print because I was part of the United States Swing Dance Council, and every month they sent out newsletters or uh, yeah newsletters what they call them, and so all the meetings, all the minutes of the meetings, and everything that was discussed is is all there. So okay. that was a that was a good announcement when they brought out those basics, um, which leads into swing content. At the time, we didn't have to worry about swing content. You know, uh, some people would balk occasionally. Oh, that's a hustle step. Okay. But we didn't put 5,000 hustle steps in three minutes of dance, you know. So Mm -hmm. even though we might have did some things from other outside of the the dance, we still worked very hard on making it adopted and look like it belonged, you know, which you can see in a lot of the old U.S. Open videos mm-hmm. of days days gone by. You know, there's a lot of stuff in there that was from other dancing. You know, and um, but it looked like it belonged after a while. And uh, then we get into the I'd say the '90s, and there was some younger people coming in stating that they were going to change West Coast Swing. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, their styles were pretty pretty far out there, and um, that's when we started questioning swing content. what are you doing yeah mm-hmm. and it's you know so the swing content just started getting worse and worse and then mm-hmm. we get into the uh modern jive aspect you know and i think what i think a lot of the problem today is everybody sees a lady walk forward on a walk walk and they dance in a slot and they automatically assume it's west coast swing mm-hmm. and that's not true you know, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of slotted dances that can be done out there that have nothing to do with West Coast. Mm-hmm. But if they start doing patterns, well, you know, it's a lot of patterns that we do as well. Mm-hmm. And you're familiar with modern jive. Yes. Uh, a lot of a lot of the Europeans come over here with their idea, and I've brought this up many times before. Excessive walking. You know, the ladies out there dancing and using whatever various timings, and the guys doing nothing but walk, 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 yep. walk, walk. Yep. Stand and pose, walk over here, yep. stand and pose, walk over there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they they call that swing. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have a problem on swing content when I'm had when I've had to judge it is. And I brought this up many times and people just scoff me off. And that is what happens when you have the girl doing straight, say, West Coast swing and the guy is doing hip hop. Mm-hmm. Is it swing or is it not swing? Do you go with it's not swing because he's doing hip hop, or do you go with it? It is swing because she's she's doing, she's doing swing. Right. And I've always had a problem with that, you know. Mm-hmm. So for me, because I was a heavy competitor at one time, yes. I always give the benefit of the doubt to the dancer. You know, if I if I have a doubt in my head as a judge, I, I give it to the dancer. You know. Wow, well, we should have more judges like that. <laughs> I give it to the dancer too. Yeah. It's important. So, that's the only thing you can do. You know, mm-hmm. it's not my job to figure out what they're doing. It's their job to let me know what they're doing. You know, right. I should. If I can't figure out what they're doing, I'm not going to give you a great score. But if if there's any confusion, like swing content, are they or aren't they? I'm going to give it to the to the dancer. So when you're judging, what are the what are the sort of more concrete criteria you're using to evaluate whether it's swing or not? We've talked on the show about how mm-hmm. people who know swing dances know swing when they see it. 
right? But the challenge I think that we're finding today is maybe judges who aren't as well versed in swing dancing and trying to have some set of criteria that both judges and competitors can use to understand if they're still doing a swing dance, though it's just makes me sad to say that out loud that we need to do that. <laughs> but, okay. um, but, you know, to create a level playing field, we do need to have some clear criteria. So what are the criteria you use when you're evaluating a dance and saying whether it's swing or not? Well, if, if it blatantly, it, it's infusion, you know. Um, so let's say you take, you take a, one, a, a movement, let's say a pirouette. Let's just go with a pirouette because that's obviously ballet. All right. Mm-hmm. So when they get out there on the dance floor and they do a pirouette, well, does it fit the dance or does it still look like ballet? Are they doing it with ballet technique or jazz technique or they, have they tried to make it fit the feel of swing dancing? Now, a lot of people sit there and go, well, you, you, you don't want to bounce in a, in a, in a pirouette well i'm not Mm -hmm. talking about bouncing i'm just saying did have you worked on it to fit the style of the dance that you're doing or am i seeing you dance on point right so it's a tutu out there you know right right so you want you want the shape to change a little bit so it doesn't look as upright as a ballet dancer does maybe maybe do the turn you know in plie and possibly instead of doing a turned out passe maybe you would do a turned in passe yes correct Okay, but here's my question. My question is, I can do a, t- a passing tuck, and I could do one, two, three, and four, right? And my five and six doesn't have to be a triple step to come around. My five and six could be a yes. pirouette, right? Ab- so, absolutely. Right, so um, some judges would look at that and say it's not swing, but it is. Well, one of the things they need to do is in, in their listing, they, they mention an anchor, and they say it's two beats at the end of the pattern. What? Mm-hmm. No. That that could be anything. You know, right. that could be me out there farting for two beats of music. Okay? Right. Um, it's basically an anchor is it's the last two beats at the end of a pattern in place. You right. can pretty much do anything that you want to do in that two beats of music, but it needs to be in place. Okay. If it moves, if it travels now, if it travels side to side, to me, that's legal. And what makes it legal is East Coast Swing. East Coast Swing is a side-to-side form of swing. Right. Okay. So just if, if they're in a 60% percentage of swing dancing, if they, if they move sideways and it's a triple or a syncopated movement or a single double or a delayed single movement, I, I'm going to give it to them, you know, because there is side-to-side. But if they go forward and back, that's traveling. And that, that's a whole different thing to me. Um, all together. So I, I call the side to side floating anchors. Right. But if they go forward, if she goes towards him or he goes towards her on the anchor, it's no longer anchored. I was saying some it's people call that floating anchors. No. Floating right. anchor goes side to side. side, to side. They're, they're just trying to confuse people that don't don't know what it is so they can get away with whatever what they're, they're trying to do. Right. So, but a floating anchor goes side to side. Like Like I can do a Instead of doing a triple, I can do a coaster step that goes side, right? Instead of going back together forward, I go back side to the side and I rotate to my right. Charlotte used to do that a lot. Sure. Right? Um, Well, and it's also the extension, right? I think is kind of what's implicit in what you're saying is that 
West um, Coast West Coast inherently has an extension. So, um, you know, I hear people post on Facebook, oh, yeah, we work on extension and stretch. And, you know, not all forms, not all styles of West Coast swing have stretch. And they, they're awesome. You know, you don't have to have stretch in West Coast swing. It's I, I happen to like it myself. Don't get me wrong, but I've seen some very good routines that don't have stretch. Right. I think I think the music the music that we dance to now lends to more stretch. Well, sure. music, right. The music that we danced to say in the nineties and the two thousands had less stretch in it. So I, I think stretch is part of our dance, but you don't have to have full stretch to be West Coasted. Correct. But what yeah. I'm getting, what, what I'm trying to allude to is their inclusion of stretch is a style. It's, it's, right. it's, it's one style of many. Of West Coast. And if they just list the one style of many, people are going to look at it and sit there and go, okay, this is the style I need to do only. And that shouldn't be there. You know, it, they, they can include it, but they really need to add more categories in, in their listing, so people are, are aware of what what they are. So one of the things they they're basically putting style and technique into the same the same box. And they're two different things. And they're two different things altogether. What's an example of West Coast swing that does not have stretch on the anchor? Uh, what's the style of it? Yeah, you said there are some styles of West Coast Swing that don't have extension. I'm curious what those. Well, are. it's 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 the person that's doing them, not not a particular dance like whip or push or mm-hmm. West coast. It, it's, it's the dancers that do them. Some people have uh, like Jason Colosino. I, I use him and he was very good, but Jason liked to have a very extended left yes. arm and he stretched things. So instead of having a six to eight foot length of slot, he usually had an eight to 10 mm-hmm. length of slot. And not everybody danced that style, but it worked very well for him, you know. Yes. Where the next guy, maybe it didn't. Robert Cordoba, he had stretch, but it was more for pulsing, for elasticity, not a style. His was more, I would say, non-stretched, um, mm-hmm. except for, like I said, feel, style, um, comfortableness. So he didn't feel like he had a stiff arm or his partner had a stiff arm or whatever. Right. Um, and it, it was awesome, you know. Uh, so, like I said, it's it's styles. Different people dance dip- mm-hmm. differently. Barry Jones had uh, in a, in his earlier days a much more stretch style than he did um, towards his later days of dancing. Um, mm-hmm. So, like a style shouldn't be a technique. Agreed. One hundred percent. One hundred fifty percent. There is technique to do that style, but yes. it, it shouldn't. They just need to put different. They words. need to. They need to separate the categories that they're there, and they that, need to use the words just, better. Right. Exactly. Words are important. So, what then is your definition of stretch or extension, and how you think it? What, what's the range that you think it is used in West Coast swing? Uh, it's used the same as it's always been. Basically, the lady does not have to come forward to count two. And anybody that has any grain of salt in West Coast Swing is going to be working the lady coming forward on two, not just count one. So after a while, where people start out with in their beginning days of walking forward, once they progress 
in the dance, um, you know, the lady starts hanging back or, and the guy starts allowing the, I shouldn't say guy these days, the leader (laughs) starts to allow the lady to stretch the one Hmm. all the way up to the two. So basically that walk, walk now becomes, you know, he and and a one and a, and on the, uh, she finally comes to, you know, and she's there. So that stretches the whole, the whole process, which is superior to me. So you're looking at the stretch into the one, two, like lingering into that first Correct. double. Okay. Utilize, utilizing the whole unit, but not right. everybody dances uh, swing that way. Ben Morris does not use a heavy two. Right. You know? And he looks wonderful out there on the floor. Right. So when I say a heavy two, that's waiting to be uh of count before two to, to get have, there. have the lady forward. You know? Right. Um, so again, uh, you guys are out there, you know, I'm sorry to use your names, but, uh, it's, it's all, it's all positive. So yeah, for sure. So what are you, what is your take on the U S opens latest efforts to try and adjudicate swing content? Um, I think it needs to be done and we all knew it was coming because they announced it last year that they were going to make some changes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we've all been kind of silently anticipating, waiting to see what, what's going to happen. So I, I applaud them f- for making the effort. It, it's a start. I, I, I but, agree with all of that, Sonny, but, but I, I have to interject. Yeah, go ahead. When you're, when you're running the largest event of the year and you are about to implement something that may change the face of how people judge or people make a placement or anything like that, why would you test it out at your event? Why wouldn't you tell people we are going to do this, but we're going to test it out at a couple of other events to see if it works and how it works and how well, well it works? Well, th- there's a couple of reasons there. It's, 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 it's the opens thing, okay? Secondly, yeah. secondly is what happens if it doesn't work and it kills the events that they're trying it at? Oh, hold on. The events that they're trying it at, it's now not actually – You're talking, you're, you're talking about – hold on. Excuse me for just a second. You're talking about categories at the U.S. Open or different dance events such as Seattle, uh, Liberty. Okay. okay, different dance events, but not as 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 its system. It's tested out while they're using the regular judging system to compare the two to see how it works. And if we do it at three events and we see that it's working better than what's actually working, whatever they're cho- using, choosing to decide on swing content at the events, then we could go to the open and be like, you know what? We've tested this out, you know, at three events and it's worked well. So now we're going to use it, you know, sure. And that the way you're saying it is a, is a very, very viable way of doing it, but I'm not sure that the, the open and they have every right not to is to deliver their system to another event. No, 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 hold on. I get it. Except the U.S. Open is part of NASDAQ. They are part of an organization. They're part of two organizations, the World Swing Dance Council and NASDAQ. So it's not like they're giving their program to another. They all work together. They're an organization. They're part of an organization. So giving it. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You you can finish. So giving it to, you know, testing it out at another event is, is not, you know, hindering the U S open or giving an advantage to another event. It's, it's building NASDAQ, making NASDAQ work better. I, I understand that. 
a hundred percent. But mm-hmm. I, I can't I can't speak for the U.S. Open. I can only generalize or or theorize in a sense why they wouldn't do that, and that's the only reason I can see that they would not give their system to another. Right, and I'm debunking what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, that's and, okay. Right, and um, I'm debunking because. You know, like I said, the U.S. Open is part of NASD, and if, we, if we're trying to build a community and better our community and, and how our community gets judged and how our community's built and all that stuff, and the U.S. Open is the biggest event of the year, they should be like, here's what we're going to do, but we're going to test it out at some of uh, other NASD events to see how it works, like being a community leader. Sure. Mm-hmm. But historically, with all three owners, there's always been I know. arguments with Nasty. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. um, and U.S. Open just basically says, "Well, if you don't do it my way, we're pulling out of Nasty, and Nasty can't lose the Open." Why not? So because you mean, they you mean the Open can't lose Nasty? No. What, why? How does the Open help other Nasty events? It it doesn't help them at all. Right. But the 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 U.S. Open gets more competitors that are affected by Nasty in one place, one location at a time. Liberty, Sacramento, French Open, you mm-hmm. know, uh, all the other events, you know, and you've been to them just as much as I've been to them. Mm-hmm. You don't have the same competitors there in mass like you do at the Open. No, Especially the, the routines. Right. But if the open pulled out, it's not like each event every year. There could be a different event every year that was the end of the NASD circuit. It could be one year it's Liberty and then everybody goes there. Then the next year it's Sacramento and everybody goes there. So Sure. I, I, I still don't, uh, you know, I, I could be wrong. I, mm-hmm. I'm not an, uh, an expert in the discussion we're having exactly right. at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. But... Uh, NASDAQ NASDAQ needs the open, plain and simple, because a lot of people, they're not going to fly to uh, Liberty or whatever to get fifth place in NASDAQ. But they'll fly to the open to get fifth place in NASDAQ? Absolutely, because they got a chance to win the U.S. Open title. So there's there's a two thing happening there. Mm. So all the other events, you only get. Nasty. You get good money too when you win Nasty. Yeah, sure. But like mm-hmm. I said, fifth place, fourth place, sixth place, and there's quite a few except divisions Sonny, that they're they're giving money to. Right, except Sonny, I feel like um the US Open, it used to be the play like if if you won the open, like yeah. your your career was like set. Like you'd be hired everywhere. Now sure. You could be in the top 10 at the open or not even make the top 10 at the open. And you're hired everywhere, not based on are these good teachers. I was just going to say, you don't even have to know how to teach. That's right. (laughs) Or judge. Or judge or anything like that. Sure. But that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen at the other events. And that's, that's what I'm saying. If if I'm going to say I'm, I'm French and I'm going to, I'm, I'm, if I go, to this event, I might get, say, fourth place. Okay. Right. So what is that? About 600 bucks, something like that? Something like that. Or, yeah. Okay. So, but it's going to cost me and my partner 1200 bucks for a plane flight. 
Yeah, for and sure. then I'm going to have to spend another three, four hundred dollars in a hotel, blah, blah, blah. So after a while, why would I go to one of these other events where I'm going to win, you know, a, a little statue of the Mississippi River and be called the Mississippi River Swing Dance Champion and, you know, spend all this money to go there and I, I'm losing money, you know. And that's why I say the U.S. Open gets the most amount of people that are in those divisions all together at one time. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, granted, there's been some years that people couldn't go because they had a death in the family or whatever it may be, but the, the majority of the dancers are there. So you were at Liberty this weekend. How many U.S. Open competitors were there in all the nasty divisions? A lot of the U.S. Open competitors have retired, but... Uh... Gary and Susan were yeah. there. Greg and Lemery um, were there. Flora and Philippe uh, were there. So Classic had, I don't know, eight. Showcase had seven, which is which is basically the average around the circuit. Between well, that, are you talking eight. about finals or prelims included? I'm talking about Classic and Showcase. They don't Correct. do prelims at these events for Classic Correct. and Showcase. Because right. there's, there's not enough people there. Right, but... But but my point is is there's not enough people at any of the events that actually Swing Diego uh, several years had a yes. prelim for classic. Um so Swing Diego was another one that was a contender as far as you know numbers were concerned and European uh people um and and all that stuff. Correct. Uh, Swing, Di- Swing Diego if the US Open was going like what it was going Swing Diego would have became the US Open. Correct. Yes. Absolutely. Totally. So let me ask a, a- Slightly different question then, um, uh-huh. because we were just talking about how the U.S. Open used to be the, I mean, it still is the pinnacle for routines, sure. Um, but it doesn't seem to be making or breaking careers like it used to in the sense that there are way more events now, more opportunities for people who are up and coming to yep. get hired for judging, teaching, whatever. Or cheaper and all that stuff. Right. Yeah, I was just going to um, say, well, they get them almost for free. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, and people people have been able to build a career without winning or even placing at the open. Um, it helps for sure, but it's not sure. a requirement. Um, so I'm curious what these new changes in terms of swing content, what what's the real impact of that? Um, what do you think the impact will be on the actual judging? And what do you think it'll actually be on the people who are professionals in the dance world? Um, uh, you know, the U.S. Open has to be pretty careful and i think this new set of owners have a little bit ego of an ego going mm-hmm. and i i think that they think that if what they say goes and right. they don't they don't really understand a lot of what makes the open the open and mm-hmm. um i think in a lot of these new rule changes that they're adding it better work because if it doesn't work I can, I can, uh, I'll bet you all that another swing Diego is going to pop up just like it did, knowing that the U.S. Open was mm-hmm. going down. Right. And, you know, all of a sudden it's just like, cause all it takes is those competitors to start going to say swing Diego and not going to the open. And there's the shift right there, you know? Right. Um, and, uh, they need to be careful and they're, they're playing with changing a dance that was obvious. They don't really know nothing about, you know? Oh, right. Um, 
So, and it's obvious that they didn't, I mean, they, I don't, they didn't consult the people that they should have consulted when they made this decision, because there's about 15 of us, you included Sonny, that they could have called and been like, this is what we're thinking of doing. What do you think about this? Instead, I feel like they made an executive decision. They might have consulted maybe two people that I know of for sure, but two is not the same as 10 to 15. And then they made this executive decision. Like you said, what, how, what we say goes, it's like they're like they're big government, like mafia, like, you know, it's Correct. not okay. Yeah. It, it is not okay. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't want to see the open end. So Neither do that, I. That, that's why I'm, I'm not saying anybody does. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying for myself, even though I'm bringing up some negative parts of it and stuff, it's to try to help. And I, I know they're going to listen to this. So I'm trying to say things that they need to really think about that people aren't going to tell them, you know, and, you know, they sent out their, their letter mm-hmm. uh, saying, we heard you, da, 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 da. It was a very nice letter, but they didn't say squat in the whole thing. So basically it's, it's, it's yeah. And then they said, you know, they used the uh, Yabans thing. We'll call me and we'll talk about it. And Here's that's ridiculous. Yeah. And don't you it, think that's ridiculous? Yes. They, they need yeah. to voice those things, um, you publicly. know, publicly and try to get feedback from it. But a lot of the, you, as I stated on the on the website, their their web the Facebook page of mm-hmm. theirs, you could you could pretty much tell that they didn't talk to anybody because a lot of the stuff they said and a lot of stuff they copy and pasted onto their their page as far as swing content and everything else, you, me, and a whole lot of other people mm-hmm. would know that's not correct, such as pony swing. And I brought right. that up. Okay. Right. And Ballroom jive is not swing. I mean, where are they coming from? So it sounds I, I like know. what they're what they're doing is, you know, they have this idea of what people are saying, and when there's not not enough swing content or blah blah blah, and or oh, you know, people aren't anchoring. Well, what's an anchor? You know, right? And a lot of these people don't really know what an anchor is, and all of a sudden they come up and they say, okay, this is an anchor. It's two beats at the end of a pattern. What? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, it's, and it's a little bit more than that, you know? Right. And I so. think it's also kind of like, you know, uh, a slap in the face to, to all these people who have loved this dance, bred this dance, um, been through all of its trials and tribulations, you know, of the dance and not consulted, um, not, not, hot, not hired. Like, like if you don't take their certification, like you can't hire at the, you can't judge at the open. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're going to certify me. I know. I was saying the same thing. You know how many certifications I've been through in almost right. 40 years? I mean, <clears throat> you're going to certify me. Like, not only have I danced the Open, I've won yeah. the Open. And I've judged the Open, and I've been a very good judge sure. at the Open. Um, and now you want to, you want so if, if the, we can't certify you, we're not hiring you. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Uh, thank you. I don't want to work. I mean, well, I, I, I have no problem. Just say they they wanted me to judge and they said, Hey, you have to go through this little training thing that I'd have no problem with it. Cause I, I can tell you every training thing I've ever been in, I've always walked away with, wow, that's a good idea. Yeah. You but know? I want to know who's doing it. That's my problem. Because if it's, th- they say it's our money, we're doing it. Who's we. Yeah. Yeah. That's the stuff they need to. Right. Who's doing it. Who, who's, who are the people that they've who's, consulted? Right. I think they put Yvonne, uh, Kelly and Lindo's name on there just to, 
make it sound like they've, they've really done that. And if Kelly, I, I really don't think Kelly would sit there and say pony pony swing is swing and jive is not. I don't think Linda would do it. Yvonne, I, I don't think she would do it either. But um, I think they just put those names down just as bait. To give you know? it credibility? Yeah, I guess. You know, mm. And I'm not saying they didn't talk to them, but they didn't talk to them because that's the only three names we have, you know, that, right. that they posted as far as consultation. So, but they, they need to, they need to get it right because if they don't, it, it's going to get screwed up. And, uh, you know, as we found from Swing Diego and some of the other events were really vying to be quote, the next U.S. Open. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was the saying going on behind Ron and Tanya's back right. as, as they were killing it up in San Jose, you know, mm -hmm. and San, and uh, Swing Diego came very, very close, mm -hmm. even when they came back to L.A. And I think the Open thinks that they're not going to have any of those issues. And, and they will, you know. Um, At the Open, I think I think the Open, uh, you know, when, when I feel I feel like when someone thinks that they're the only game in town or they're too big for their bridges, that's when problems happen. Because there's, there's always some, you know, better, younger, blah, blah, smarter, whatever, all, you know. All that stuff. And I feel like the U.S. Open is doing that. I feel like the World Swing Dance Council is doing that and trying to tell, you know, events on how they should run their, like, the World Swing Dance Council was brought together to, you know, track points. Right, correct. Yeah, now they're telling events, you know, if you don't do this or do that, then we fine you. And sure. You well, just, just like Charlotte said, you know, and I, I, I'm not, I don't know a lot of the inner workings of the world swing dance council, but, um, you know, you're going to have people trying to get out of pain. You're going to have people that are trying to, going to try to skirt around certain issues. Da, 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 da. So yeah, they have to come up with some rules and, um, what those rules are. I'm not agreeing with or disagreeing. Cause I really, I, I don't run an event, so I don't know exactly mm -hmm. what rules that they're, laying down i do i do know that they are fined if you know if they let say advanced dancers dance in, you know and our novice dancers dance in advanced and mm -hmm. you know whatever it may be and they should you know that that's but there's events and we all know especially the smaller events that will try to use that oh you know novice dancers you can't dance in advance in any other division but you come to ours and we'll let you dance with all the good dancers Mm -hmm. You know, to try to sell tickets. And that's what right. they that's what they got to stay away from, because we know some event promoters, that's exactly what they would do. You know, yes. so, um, so they have to do it. And if you, it, it, you can't just do it to a select few, you know, it has to be everybody. So um, but again, I'm, I'm not an expert on the World Swing Dance Council. Uh, I have heard you mention a few times about them. What are they doing with the money? I, I don't mm -hmm. know that. But as uh chairman of the board or was they, they re uh, worded things now, but um, they give me money to find dance history stuff related to swing. Right. But that's because you're now you're part of that library thing. So, and it's great that they give you money. That's something but, that's giving back but, but to the community. I'm, correct. But I don't, I don't boast that. I don't advertise that. And I, I hold on. I, I think there might be because they're doing that with me. I think there might be other people that they're spending money on, 
are with as well. Well, then they, then they, then they need to say that because basically they say that they're spending all this money on, you know, the website because the website's really not steady. They are. Come on, let's talk about it. It's just a website. Websites don't cost, you know, that much money. Sure. You know, my suggestion is, you know, you, 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 you charge a dollar per Jack and Jill entry and that's supposed to help, you know, for the paperwork and, you know, the, the, the fees that you need to, you know, run the World Swing Dance Council, but give some events back money so that they can get and pay judges more and so that they could pay for the numbers for the events or, I don't know, start a scholarship for something. Okay, I mean, well, how, I how, how much does it cost to be um, in a uh, World Swing Dance Council event? Oh, it's I think it's like 200 bucks. Okay, so how much are they going to give back to pay for judges and some of the other things. You know, yeah, but you do real, you do realize how many events there are, right, Sonny? Yeah. Well, let's say there's a hundred of them. So is that twenty grand? Okay, a hundred times two hundred plus the dollar that they get per Jack and Jill entry at every event per division. We've done the math before. It comes okay, out to yeah, about. I, I have yeah. it. So yeah, it's yeah. about two hundred fifty thousand. Roughly, money. Really? Well, yeah. yeah. Then they should be doing something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was much less, but I had this. I, I didn't even really even give it any thought. I thought, well, you know, they're probably making twenty to forty thousand dollars a year. I don't know. So. No, that's it's way more than that. We yeah. have over a hundred events with over six, you know, tier six different Jack and Jill divisions from. Newcomer, novice, intermediate, advanced, uh, champions, masters, sophisticated, with s some of them 70 to 100 people in a cat in each category. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, I, I can't speak about the world swing too much. So I, I don't, I, I know some things, but not enough to chat about, I think. <laughs> well, without knowing about their, their operations and the way they are currently working. Um, what do you think of their, of the influence of WSDC and NASD? We've talked a bit about NASD. Um, it certainly changed over the years. What do you think of the direction it's taking now? Um, well, I have a different outlook on NASD somewhat because I go back before NASD. I go back when it started with Craig Hutchinson mm -hmm. Um, I know the reason why, which we discussed before, um, and I'm not going to bring that up now, but, uh, you know, I think NASD is somewhat gone in a better direction because originally they were only 12 events, period. That was it. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if there was 50 other events happening out there. You couldn't be part of NASD. Now they've opened it up with certain guidelines. If you follow these guidelines, you can become a part of NASD, which is which is good. You know, it gives more prize fund money to people and, you know, uh, all that stuff. A lot of people ask, I, I think they think the swing, I think most people think that the swing world is really governed by NASD and the world swing dance council. And it is, and it's not, you know, so a lot of people say, well, why, why doesn't NASD do this? And why doesn't NASD do that? Mm -hmm. Well, that's the event promoter's job to do that stuff. Not not Nasdaq's job. Uh, that I agree with. Yeah, but right. a lot of a lot of your listeners don't understand that. They think Nasdaq is like, you know, the Supreme Court, and they got to come in and and 
tell the U.S. Open that they need to take Pony Swing out, you know, and uh, they don't. That's that's not what they do. So, um, except I, if you're part of an organization, shouldn't you all be on the same page? I don't know. Well, you, within the rules, yeah. Well, so, so. If, I, if so, if you're the U.S. Open and you're part of NASDA, I mean, most of us who know dance know that Pony Swing is not swing. And if you're another event, I, 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 in good conscience, I'm going to call the U.S. Open and be like, you might want to take this out of your thing. You're part of NASDAQ, part of us. Pony Swing is not swing. Take this out of your criteria. Well, what ha- if, if you're on the NASDAQ board and you have your own event mm-hmm. and the U.S. Open fails, what might that do to your event? Nothing. It might make your event the new U.S. Bigger. Open. <laughs> So right, why so would they why would they say anything when some of them have a have a business sense and sit there and go yeah let the U.S. Open die they want to hang themselves I'll become the my event will become the next event right. you know mm-hmm. or this my sister's event or God you're a you cynic <laughs> <laughs> well there's always ulterior motives you know when yeah. money's involved so um, yeah that's what angers me a little bit I feel like you know I get that money you know money's involved in all that stuff but. You know, people and community are important, and without them, we can't make the money, right? Well, I, right now, I'm not sure that they're really thinking about the people so much. You know, right. our our whole dance has become very commercial, and uh, it's no longer about the dancing and the the growing of it and everything else. Is how can I, you know, get well, my foot in the door? Day. You know, yeah. yeah. You know, how can I become known in this dance? How can I make money in this dance? How can I, how can I sell these my shirts or my hats in this dance? Or how can I get people to come to my website and, you know, whatever? It's just everybody's trying to make money with it. You know, Um, as Kenny said one time at an event on a microphone, he said, "Is any any anybody here not a swing dance teacher?" (laughs) (laughs) Did everyone raise their hands? Today, it's pretty getting to be, is anybody here not a swing dance right. promoter? You know, right. Raise your hand. So, right. But the U.S. Open, they, they do need to uh, they, they do need to confer with people. And, uh, you know, the answers that some of the answers they, they give, a lot of us are realizing they're not talking to anybody or they're talking to totally the wrong people. You know, right. And if they're going to do this right, they, they need to do it right, you know, because right. we're. The public is either going to accept it or it's it's not. And uh, well, and I think the other thing to you know for people to understand too, because there was a lot of people like I think Debbie Ramsey was one of them who responded um, to you know the public posts that I responded to and basically saying, oh, you know, these negative comments, we should be really careful. This is the U.S. Open, and I had to remind her of like Records Dance. Do you remember Records Dance, Sonny? Oh yeah, I remember yeah. Records. So record stance was like the smaller version of like Facebook, but only for dancing. Correct. Right. On, on the internet. And, you know, people are going to say negative things and they're going to voice their opinion. And when you put something out in a public forum, that's, you risk that people might not agree with you. Sure. Absolutely. Or, yet, you, or you might piss somebody off and you won't get hired. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, so there's some but, posts on there that they were pretty much kiss ass posts, you know. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I, I won't do that for anything or anyone. I want to have a voice and I want to have an opinion and I shouldn't be chastised or, you know, uh, 
not given a job because of it, because I don't agree with you. I feel like that's what society is all about today. If you don't agree with me, you're out. Correct. If you're a Democrat, well, I hate you. If you're a Republican, I hate you. You know, like back and forth. But who cares? I posted on, on their Facebook page, you know, people, you need to speak up, you know, say the good, the bad or the ugly. So if people right. want to praise. Fine. So be it. But post, you know, if if uh, you think some things are bad, that's fine. Post if, if you're totally negative on some things, the ugly, go ahead and post because no, they need to help. You know, and people need to hear it. And there's a lot. And I even went in and linked a whole bunch of dancers. You know, 90 percent of them didn't even respond. And it's like, OK, this is your dance. What happens here is going to affect all of us. You know, regardless if you compete anymore or even go to the U.S. City, U.S. Open anymore. What happens there if if it continues and it's say it's bad is going to affect everybody? You know, so you're, you're teaching a sugar push and people go, what's that? Mm -hmm. Well, it's, this is what, oh, that's a push break. No, it's a sugar push. Same thing. Do you know the, do you know the difference between a push break and a sugar push? Do you realize the, sh the push break came from Carolina sh shag? Uh -huh. Yep. And it was West coast had its sugar push and Carolina shag had a push break. push break. It doesn't become a push break until the man leads a push break. The lady basically does the same thing on either one of them. It, it's not mm -hmm. going to matter, but the guy has to go forward on two to make it accordion. You know, he can't go back onto like a sugar push. So, um, you know, well, and that's, that, that's right. going to make that particular teachers in that student's eyes look like they don't know what they're talking about right. because they called it a push break, you know, or, you know, it's uh, can you teach me how to pony swing? Why? Well, because I want to enter the U.S. Open with it. No, 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 no. You know, mm -hmm. so. A lot of a lot of these people don't realize it, it is going to affect them, you know, and it could be the other way around, too. It could affect them for the better, you know, but there's a lot of people, you know, just. If I'm a carpenter and I build a house. Just because I don't own a house doesn't mean that I know nothing about that house. Correct. Okay. So. The U.S. Open coming in going, well, we're event promoters. We know everything about what's going on. And I have a couple other events that I've run over the years on the Midw mm -hmm. Midwest or wherever, you know, mm -hmm. it's located. Da, 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 and I've competed in Jack and Jill's and Strictly. So I have an idea. I've watched many people can compete. Mm -hmm. I, I know a lot of com competitors. So I, I know how to build a house better than you. Really? <laughs> Uh, you know, if I'm a if I'm a damn good carpenter and a legendary carpenter, yes, this guy's should be talking to the wall, you know. But see, so. but that's what happens in our community. Our community, uh, um, we have a lot of people who are in positions of power that don't have the knowledge and the education and the experience and and, and all of those things and the history behind um, the dance. Right. And, and we're not the ones that are being asked because, because you're, so you're saying basically the same thing that I say, Sonny. And, and my deal is, is that I, I don't care if you've, if you, um, execute a lift amazingly. What I care about is have you done a lift several times? Have you had the experience of the lift? Do you know how to do it? Great. Then, then you can probably, probably judge it. However, there's someone else over here to my right who's an expert in lifts. Not only has this person done lifts, but executed them well and won the open doing lifts. Why isn't that person judging? Correct. And they, <laughs> you know, they do 
all, all of these events need to start looking for not just the new up and comers, but the ones that are leaving the star stage and um, they need to have a place to put them because without, like, like I said, what makes originally what makes the U S open the U S open is there's many generations there and the older, the older should be judging the newer until they, the newer is old enough to replace the yeah. older. Right. Know? And that's how it should go. And, you know, people can make s- some long careers out of being in the business, which will be good for everybody, you know. Um, but our our world right now, since the mid-90s, is all about getting just the new people involved. Right. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But they've done it so much to the expense of the 30-year-old and up uh, leaving yeah, leaving the, you know, not worrying about what they do. That a lot of a lot of the events are suffering today because you got, you know, the the thirty thirty and up. You know, when they go to rent a hotel room, we're all aware of this. They get the they pay for the whole hotel room. Right. You know, the the twenty two year olds got fifty people in a room, and they're they're, they're standing up against leaning against the wall sleeping. <laughs> you know. Right. So. Um, there's just there's just a lot of a lot of a lot of things that uh, things need to change because mm-hmm. and it's all for the positive and that's why I said that you know something we've all been talking about this stuff for years and yes. there's finally somebody right now it's the U.S. Open is starting to do something whether they're doing it right right now or wrong hopefully. This podcast, what people wrote on their on their Facebook page, whatever input they've gotten, mm-hmm. hopefully they'll take to heart and try to s- talk to me, try to talk to you, Terry Ripa, Barry Jones, Robert Royston, you know, um, a, a whole lot of other people that have a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge, right, uh, about the dance and give them feedback where they can actually start to create something, not the all star dancer that they're trying to impress that they want to come to their Midwest event or U S open or well, I don't even think it's that. I think, I think they also like to like to talk or to consult with people that agree with them. Sure. Well, there's nothing wrong with that inherently either. But again, if you got five people saying, Oh yeah, you know, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Um, everything you say is perfect and great. Okay. That's five people versus, you know, 35 people that have given them a whole lot more insight and stuff to think about, you know, and they really need to, to reach out to those people, either email, you know, they could email people and just say, Hey, you know, can you, can, can you write down what your version of swing content is and what the problem is it with right now? What do you think that might fix that? And, you know, if they get these 25 people sending in their emails, they'll have something to base on. They're still going to have they're still going to have to make a decision one way or the other, but they're going to have a, a lot of input from very respected and honored people that and trusted people uh, with what these issues, you know? Right. Well, when they put it forth and they put forth a new idea and they say, we've consulted these people, 
the people who there's going to be less dissent because people are going to be like, right. oh, well, all these great right. names right. had a right. say in it. And we'll, we'll give it a shot. Right. And I think the big problem right now exactly. that they have is right on the head is called credibility. And right yeah. now they think their name is credible. And, and you not. build credibility in part through transparency. And so I feel like the challenge with this or any other changes that big events make, I mean, the US Open just happens to be the most prestigious one, right? Sure. So the Absolutely. most attention on it. And like you said, the most pressure. And that's to, the end of the NASDAQ season. Right. But yeah. they, they go forth and say, we're trying to do this for the good of the community. And yet everything happens behind closed doors. And so right. it's really hard for us to trust that they're doing it for the good of the community, if there right. isn't involvement and transparency f with the community. And obviously a lot of wrong information that they're doing it with, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so uh, one of the things I was going to say earlier, shoot, I forgot what I was going to say now. It sucks <laughs> when you get older. Well, we're jumping around a lot too. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, I'll think about it. It'll, it'll come back to me. So I was going to ask one question just because um, yeah. you mentioned earlier, you know, one of the changes you'd like to see is keeping and honoring the older generation and having that sort of passing of the baton happen in a smoother way, in a more respectful way, I would imagine. But I'm curious what changes you'd like to see with our swing world in general. You know, if you could respond to the U.S. Open or just put forth like, here's what I'd like to see my my agenda, my whatever, top five things I'd like to see done, what would they be? Top five things I'd like to see done. Um, <laughs> well, I'd like to see them successful with this endeavor that they're taking on. And, you know, I'm not going to go into all the things because we discussed a lot of it already, but that, that would be a big one. Um, to, I would like to see the dance, the competitive form of West Coast Swing, because I add this to it, you know, I watch some of these people perform their routines. Many times I judge them and then I watch them social dancing. They do more traditional new school social dancing and hardly any, quote, old school in the competition. Mm -hmm. And uh, it doesn't look like West Coast at all. Mm -hmm. But um you know, I, I teach, I've been teaching for a long time and there's like, I teach parouettes, mm -hmm. you know, in, in, in my West coast swing. But I tell people, you know, parouette is not swing just because you learned it in the swing class or a swing friend doesn't make it West coast swing, but it's part of our swing. That's what correct. We right. Exactly. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. I explained that. That's mm -hmm. part. If you can imagine what I would say is as a good teacher, Deborah, right. Okay. Yeah, I include all that, but I'm just saying I make them aware that there's that they can go out and experiment with other things, but that doesn't make it swing just because they do it in swing dancing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think, well, I learned this in a class, so and so taught it at a workshop, and it's got to be swing because I learned it in a swing class. You know, well, it's, it's not. You know, um, so I think a lot of the teachers, not just U.S. Open, need. To, to make their students aware that they are using borrowed movements w within the dance. So, so the newer dancer can look for those things like you and I, Deborah, mm -hmm. um, did back in the day of trying to incorporate things into the dance. But we were aware when we took, pulled that pirouette from ballet, it, it was in swing. 
Right. You know? And we didn't go around telling everybody it was, you know, it's just. But today, I think that, I think today they need to make a clarification um, in that. And the the third thing is they really need to clean up how how they're wording all the stuff that they're listing. They need to actually put them in categories to try to to build it. You can't lump technique and style and mm-hmm. timing all in the same category. You know, you, mm-hmm. you got to have a timing category and not just say a single rhythm unit, a double rhythm unit, a triple delayed and blank unit. You know, these newer dancers, a lot of them have no clue what a double rhythm or a delayed single or a blank unit is, you know, so they need to describe those. They also need in that timing is, you know, rhythm uh, as well as syncopation, have an Mm -hmm. explanation of what syncopation is. Um, The, basic idea of what you know the eight or ten or 37 basics that they want to include what those are doesn't mean that people have to do those but at least so they know what they are and uh the borrowed dances you know um mm-hmm. how those and why especially this why do we need a swing percentage and it's because of the borrowed dances that we need to swing percentage and if there's if there's too much of the borrowed in there, it starts eating away at the foundation of the dance. And mm-hmm. once you get past a certain percentage, it no longer looks like that dance anymore. But uh, but here's my you thing. Know. My thing is that just by looking at it, like you don't need to have this little thing that you tap to decide whether it has too much, not enough swing too much borrowed of another dance. Like I can totally watch a dance in three minutes and be like, they didn't have enough swing in there. I don't need that little thing to tell me if there's enough swing content in in a routine. I think this is, this is more for people who don't understand the dance. uh, I I somewhat agree with you a hundred, 90%. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That, that other 10% is, is you have some people that can push the envelope so much and they do know what it is, and they will sit there. If you if you only have say sixty percent, that means you got forty percent to play with. You're going to push it to thirty nine. You know, you can't look at it and go, "Well, was that thirty nine or forty or forty one?" You can't. I can't. Nobody can. So that's where the little stopwatch comes in is to double check what your perception is when it gets to that borderline. So with newer people that I work with and coach, if it's 20 percent, I'll take them to about 15, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll use the stopwatch on them, et cetera, et cetera, and Mm -hmm. try to get it there. So there's a little leeway in case somebody sees one or two things that I included to swing that they don't or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, let's use Ben and Jen's. um, uh, The hip hop one. Right. Correct. Mm -hmm. They push they push that. Right. They did. You know, and there's no way I could just look at it and go, okay, that was 49% or 20%, 19%, you know. And then another person comes in that actually had, a, you know, a second and a half over them. I, I, I didn't deduct them because in my head I thought it was, oh, I know what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. I love it. Go. Um, so 
what I was saying there is, is if they go, if you got one couple that's, that's borderline and they're a little bit too much where one person is borderline and they're a little bit less, mm-hmm. that can get confusing. And what I was going to say earlier is, you know, a really, really talented dancer mm-hmm. can take a mistake and turn it into brilliance. Yes. Okay. And another, a really, really, really good dancer can make a dance look simple. A difficult dance looks simple. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's so our job. Some, somebody that's never competed in routine divisions and got good at it does not understand that. They, and I've seen it happen on the judging panel. You know, when the results are called, they had so and so first, and I'm like, oh my god, are you kidding me? You know, and that that person was not a good enough dancer, and the stuff mm-hmm. they did was okay, but it looked difficult. Because they were making it look difficult because they didn't really have the good skill to make it look effortless. And Mm -hmm. where the the one that made it look effortless, they came in and go, well, level of difficulty went to this couple. But Sunny. And it should have went to the other one. And they they got it wrong. Right. They got it. Okay. They got it wrong because they're not a good judge. Because any smart, brilliant, accomplished dancer who is judging recognizes that the degree of difficulty is still high when they make it look flawless because it's their job to make it look flawless. Exactly. That's what even makes it even higher. They get more accolades. Exactly. Exactly. But you know, some, the best answer doesn't always win the contest. And you've heard that as much as I have, you know, and, uh, sometimes, uh, a perfect routine can be the boringest one on the floor. Right, I get that, but that's it's it's rare that a routine is boring. Let's you know, I mean, I I was I was you know on the receiving end of a judge saying, well, um, you know, you guys made it look easy, and I was like, <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, I'm supposed to make it look easy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know they. A lot of the judges they use, they, they've never danced routines. They, and it's okay to have them judge, but they should be judging Jack and Jill's or, right. you know, Rising Star or, yes. you know, whatever, not showcase. Not classic showcase. Right. Exactly. And All the right, other this, thing, other thing ahead. I want to say also is people need to understand that the U.S. Open classic and showcase is not a West Coast swing division. And people also need to understand that the word open means open to any style of swing, not to any dance level. Thank you for saying that, Sonny, because, oh, but I think you did defend me on Facebook because I remember posting that and Brad Whelan's like, no, I I think it means open to any level. And then you came on and were like, no, Deborah's correct. It means open to any swing. Well, that's that's one of the things I go back to what I was saying in the beginning. Jack Bridges, when he started the Open, there was a lot of people arguing about what was the best style of swing. Was it East Coast? And you had the one sitting there going, yeah, East Coast rocks, man. It it just blows everybody away. Then you had the West Coasters going, no, man, us Westies, we blow everybody. And then you had the Lindy Hoppers going, no, you guys suck. We'll we'll just kick your butt out there totally on the floor. All and right. that's what gave Jack Bridges the idea of, okay, let's have a contest where you all compete against each other, see who, who comes out on top. And it's primarily been West Coast Swing. Right. And, and a few times Lindy has, has capped that, those titles. 
yes. and uh, very well deserved as well. Mm-hmm. And um, but the majority of the time, it's 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 West Coast Swing, and a lot of people want to make classic and showcase uh, a West Coast Swing division. In my opinion, it should stay open. It should still ha- enable the best of any style of swing to come out there and put it on the floor, you know, and see how it compares at at the same time against the other styles of swing that might be there that weekend. If they want to make a West strictly West Coast swing division, by all means, but don't, I, I, I wouldn't change the, uh, the open part. I think the problem with the open part is, is that uh, although we are dancing swing or cause uh, we're doing all different styles of swing, it's hard to compare, you know, apples and oranges because shag is way different than Lindy hop and sure. Lindy hop is different than West coast and, West Coast is different than Whip and blah, blah, blah. And I think some people, me included, like I feel like it it's puts it in an un, uneven playing field. If, you know, if a Lindy dancer goes against a West Coast swing dancer, um, say in, uh, in showcase, because that makes more sense, right? right. Mm-hmm. Um, their lifts are different than our lifts and, uh, their, their style of movement is different than, than, than ours. Um, and sometimes Lindy lifts can look real sloppy. Yeah, sure. And showcase people really work on their lifts. And now we have, you know, a Lindy couple winning showcase. Some some showcase West Coast dancers. No, of course. Of course. Of course. Of course, Sonny, for sure. That's like all divisions. But I'm saying, like, sometimes there are, you know, couples that come in and because they're, you know, they do those crazy flying, you know, Lindy um, jumps. People get impressed by them, even though they land sloppy or they, they're in the air sloppy. So that that's the point. I mean, I don't ever think that it's going to happen where there's like five Lindy Hop dancers in the classic uh, showcase division. I don't know. Well, it's it's the same thing. It's never going to change. Back back in my early days, when I first started teaching, I was doing a lot of country western dancing. And uh, we'd have different we had two types of country dancers. We had cowboy style and we had country style. Country had a lot more ballroom technique infused right. in it. Right. But cowboy cowboy style was more John Travolta type, arm over the shoulder, beer in the hand, you know, a 10-gallon hat on, didn't turn the girl <laughs> once, you know, uh, just kind of pumped his arm back and forth to the timing and bent forward as he did it and da-da-da-da. And then you had, I, I'd say there's a third one. You had the shitty teachers as, mm-hmm. as well. And as soon as you started calling them on anything, they said, well, that's cowboy style. And a lot of times the Lindy Hoppers come out with that. They're, they're decent at what they do, but they come out there and a lot of stuff is not the best version of what they're, what they're doing. Right. What they're doing out there on the floor. And if you call them on it, they go, well, that's Lindy style. We're not supposed to do that. And it's just like, well, have you ever seen uh, Simon or, you know, some of these other people do this? That's exactly what you should be doing. You know? Right. But they, they choose the, they have that out of, well, we're doing Lindy style. We dance into the floor, you know, we, we dance, you know, with our legs bent more, you know, whatever it may be. So no such thing as bad students, only bad teachers, Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> We've had, um, you know, a Lindy showcase division. We've had shag divisions. Like we've had these other divisions at the U S open in the past, um, you know, to help to your point, Deborah, of comparing apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, it, there's a case to be made that because they're so different, maybe they should have their own divisions as opposed to go up against one another. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, well, again. Okay, so this hypothetically say the U.S. Open basically just strictly had style divisions. So Lindy had their classic showcase. West Coast had his classic showcase. Shag had his classic no showcase. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. But you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So right. what's going to happen after a few years? We're going to go right back to the beginning. Oh, our dance is much more superior than your dance, blah, right. blah, blah. And then we're going to have to, okay, let's bring you all out on the table and see who comes out on top. And I think, I, I, I also think, you know, because of evolution, all, all dance forms evolve. And uh, I would like to see say a Lindy couple come out, a West Coast couple come out, an East Coast couple, a pony swing couple. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, get that all in out there, on right? the floor and just <laughs> battle it out and see who comes out on top that particular year for those couples that are here. And I think sometimes, sooner or later, each one of those styles of swing is going to come out on top, you know, um, not because they actually are, quote, the very tip top. It's just that for that particular year, that one couple was exceptionally hot in that particular dance where maybe in West coast, we didn't have the best couples out there on the floor. So they get a chance to shine and the next year, and they didn't have the best Lindy hop couple out there. And then a couple of years down the road, now it's a Lindy hopper. We got this amazing Lindy hop couple to come out there on the floor and just take, take the whole thing by storm. And, and, and that's a good thing. Uh, you know, you and I, Deborah, uh, and Eric, you probably know this as well, but, you know, winning a competition with no competition in it is, is not a competition. There's nothing, you know, just because you compete, that does right. not make you competition. Right. At but all. Just because you win doesn't make you the best. Exactly. So I feel like if you put all these swing dances up against one another and, you know, Lindy won, then a West Coast swing dancer might be like, well, we didn't have our best West Coast. You know sure. what I mean? Like, I feel like people are going to make an excuse. So why even bother trying to compare? Why don't we just accept that all the swing dances have their own strengths and they're all beautiful? Because we need to respect the other community. So even though they didn't have the best of it, they get to walk away. That particular style of dance gets to walk away as the a U.S. Open champion dance. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the dancers, but yeah, East Coast has won the Open. Lindy's won the Open. You know, when people ask me, I'm very proud to say Lindy's won the Open, mm-hmm. you know. Shag, a shag, a shag is when he opened, you know, that's a very big thing for them. Now, if they never won, yeah, then I'd agree. But Right. Um, well, I think I, it's also part of the deal, with, you know, with the Open, and I still think they need to fix this, but when, when at one point the Open used to only have California judges, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. That right. was horrible. Yeah. That was horrible. I mean, now it's gotten a little bit better, but in any case, like, and then let's, let's, let's move topics because we're, we're at our final, final, um, Okay. Final question. <laughs> um, Thank God. I'm so what? You haven't had a good time? <laughs> yeah, no, I am. Um, you haven't been as active on the national scene in recent years. Why are you traveling less and how are you staying involved in the dance community? Well, it's it's a little bit of a health thing. Um, okay. I, got di- I got diagnosed with skin cancer uh, in the last four years. I've lost my mother, my father, and my uncle. I've had to deal with a lot of probate stuff and everything. And my uncle was my last living family member and I'm still somewhat dealing with all that. And, um, uh, so that has not mentally and physically, et cetera, et cetera, had me 
present. Yeah. Um, the skin cancer thing, that's pretty much being taken care of and stuff. Uh, but I got diagnosed with diabetes and I have neuropathy in my feet. So when I, I I'm only good for about three dances. Mm-hmm. And um, that doesn't you, mean you can't judge though, Sonny. Well, I, but the whole thing is I'm not going out, you know, mm-hmm. and some people are like, well, you know, Sonny, you never go out to the local dances. Well, because I go there and, and I can't dance. You know, I can, I, I can dance, but I can't dance all night. And then I start because I know these people want to dance with me. I start dancing in a lot of pain and mm-hmm. uh, it also affects the way I dance. I mean, pe- I get people sitting there watching me all night, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, inside I'm going, man, I suck, you know, um, I don't and, so. and and I don't want to portray a, a lesser of me, I guess, you know, uh-huh. Um and, you know, quite frankly, with the neuropathy, once I get to that fourth or fifth dance, you know, I can't feel my feet. I can't move them. I, I, I don't. And it's it's all it's just all body memory because I've been doing it so long. And sometimes say I'll go to go on the ball of my foot and, you know, I'm on the side of my foot. You know, gotcha. And I, and I don't know until I, I go to do the thing. So it, it just makes it kind of difficult. And, you know, I do miss it you know, going out as much as I did mm-hmm. and events, you know, I'm standing all day judging these things and then comes late night and I, I don't want to dance. Uh, my feet are, my, my feet are done, you know? So, and plus I got the sciatic nerve in my hip that will go crazy after about five or six dances. But, uh, so that, that's why I'm not as around as much. Right. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, and I know if I go there and I just sit there, people are going to go, oh, Sonny, think he's too good to dance with this, blah, 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 you know, and I know it will happen because I've heard it happen to other people. Um, so, and I don't want that either, but, uh, as far as teaching, I'm still teaching, um, not teaching as much. Uh, it's not the physical thing. It's just, um, I think people more or less want to learn from YouTube and, uh, mm-hmm. You know, they don't, uh, they're not as interested in classes anymore. And I know right. some, some dance places aren't even having lessons anymore because nobody's going, you know, I'm lucky enough that I still get people coming for, for the lessons side of it. But, uh, you know, as I get older, I don't know how long that's going to last either. So, but, um, I'm still trying to stay busy and still trying to get people involved and I still have my dance. Yes. You know, and, uh, it's still so- on Wednesdays. Uh, still on Wednesday, yeah. Um, most of the times it goes pretty good. It's not near as big as it used to be. Uh, but again, we got, you know, 10 dances every night of the week. Right. Uh, and everybody's competing, you know, for yeah. the same the same 100 people. And this place gets 100. This other place gets 20. That place gets 20. I get 40 to 50. This other place gets 15. You, you, you drain right. the swamp, you know, so. Um, and there's no, more, com- there's more coming. You know, it's, I know. Yeah, so we'll see. Well, Sonny, um, I just want you to know that you've been a really huge integral part of my like dance journey and my career. Cause I mean, you kind of took me under your wing and I would come to the crest on Wednesdays with Robert and we'd friends and we'd hang out and all that stuff. So plus you've judged me and, you know, so I want people to know how important you are to me. Um, so that they, so that they know that you should be important to them too. 
Thank you very much. Very nice way of saying that. Yeah. Well, I've, I've tried. You know, years ago, I had to make a choice. I was going to college and had a full-time job at the same time and uh, got into dancing. And I decided to, to devote my life to uh, to West Coast. And, you know, if I could go back, I'll, I'd do it a little bit differently. And I'll say this mm-hmm. especially to all the newer up-and-coming teachers. Keep yeah. your ass, keep your ass in school because yeah. once you hit, once you hit 40, you may think you're going to keep making that money. I'm going to tell you, you're going to start to notice it drop. So, um, have, have an education to fall back on. And, uh, you, you, that's good, good advice. So, uh, well, Sonny, thanks yeah. so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. What's the best way for people to reach you? Um, Facebook, uh, have the Valley Swing Dance Club page. On Facebook, also Sonny Watson page on Facebook and Street Swing page on Facebook. Also, my website, streetswing.com, S-T-R-E-E-T-S-W-I-N-G.com. And uh, phone number is 818-606-9402. Thank you so much. This was great um, for you to share your depth and breadth of experience with us and our listeners. It was a real treat. Thank you. You're welcome. Remember, everybody... Let the U.S. Open know what your thoughts are because they need our help. Yeah. So. Yes, I agree. Love you lots. And I'll see you at the next event, whenever that is. Okay. Sounds okay. good. All right. Up. All right. Bye. If you want to share your thoughts and reactions with us, you can post a comment on our website. You can respond to our posts on Facebook, or you can share your thoughts in our discussion group on Facebook. Go ahead. Start a thread. You can also email Deborah and me through our site at thenakedtruthwcs.com or through our Facebook page. To get the latest news, you can like our page on Facebook, subscribe to our weekly email newsletter, follow us on Instagram at thenakedtruthwcs, and yes, you can follow us on Twitter. I know it's a place for cranks and trolls, but we're there trying to spread the love. So follow us at nakedtruthwcs. You can also buy some of our swag through our online store. We have men's and women's shirts with our logo and other fun designs. Just go to thenakedtruthwcs.com forward slash store to buy yours today. We can ship it to you or we can get it to you at an upcoming event. Again, it's thenakedtruthwcs.com forward slash store. And if you haven't already, you can still subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you don't listen to podcasts, Find one of these apps because it downloads right to your phone or your device. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave us a review on Facebook. And if you're on iTunes or Apple Music or whatever they're calling it these days, please rate us, give us a review over on iTunes while it still exists. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Eric. And I'm Deborah. And that's the naked truth. It's just you and me now. Is it? <laughs> Sorry to break it to you. It's yeah. just you and me now.